It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is Time Enough Podcast. It's the Time Enough Podcast. This is Matt here. Uh, Andrew is over there. Andrew Shearer. Sup? Hi. Hi. We're getting primordial up in this hoopty today. Um, <laughs> we are not actually looking at an episode of The Twilight Zone, as is the normal purview of this podcast. But going a little retro, it's the, the Westinghouse Desilu Theater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Playhouse, excuse me. We can't can't leave out a word like playhouse. Um, yeah. So this this is it's kind of a pilot and kind of not for the Twilight Zone. This is a uh, Rod Serling sort of getting his uh, script feet wet, so to speak. I guess. Um, yeah. Um, I, I wrote down a few of the deets, so I'll just uh, get through that right now. Um, let's see. We have William Ben. Bendix playing Peter Jensen, our lead. Um, he often played these sour types, and it garnered him an Academy Award nominee for the movie Wake Island in 1942. Uh, Bendix was also a frequent co-star for Alan Ladd. Um, <clears throat> I can't picture Alan Ladd at the moment, but I certainly know his name, and I know I've seen him in a movie, but not this one. Um, yeah. <laughs> Martin Balsam appears as Dr. Gillespie. Um, he had quite a time in the uh, career in the, the, the movies themselves, uh, having roles in 12 Angry Men as Angry Juror number one. Um, he shows up, uh, I believe, as an investigator in Psycho. He's in Breakfast at Tiffany's and one of the, the not offensive roles, I believe. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this, this is the time element. And so uh, does this go in your normal run of episodes nope <laughs> no yeah because I, I had to like i had to do like a google search to figure out which of my blu-ray said it was even on so uh, it's at the last disc of disc or season one uh, it's on the bonus disc for that yes or if... the, the final disc whatever it is um well yeah because it doesn't fit i mean it's just kind of a i mean this isn't a proper twilight zone episode and wasn't released that way um uh, Desi Arnaz was a um, he was a big supporter of Rod Serling. I mean, some could say that um, you know the Twilight Zone might not have happened because of him. Uh, Serling was had a great reputation as a writer, uh, and he was a name in television as a writer because of his work on Playhouse ninety. And so, um, I think they're willing to just kind of. I think Arnez wanted to Sterling just to do whatever he wanted, but of course sponsors and uh, TV executives also <laughs> and the money people have their say as well. And uh, what I know about, um, about the time element is that uh, they, I don't, I don't think there were too many big fans of it. I think uh, Arnez really kind of, and the, the producer who also had a lot of weight, I can't remember his name, but uh, um they they really are the ones that pushed it through because I don't think this was I don't think this was something they wanted to put on air. It was a one hour 
as opposed to the compressed Twilight Zone episodes. I was going to say it's <clears throat> you're saying it's not a proper Twilight Zone, which it's not, but it does have the feel of one of those um, slightly more meandering season four episodes where they do go on for an hour. <laughs> that's that's true. And um, that's right, because they did try out that format. It's um, I mean, in, in terms of production, too, it just feels really like the TV of the time. Uh, the production's pretty flat and um, there's a lot of hysterics, but I don't feel it's, it, I don't feel the tension is there either. Um, and I feel that way about those one hour uh, Twilight Zone episodes for the most part as well. I think well, it I think belongs that, in the, I think that's how Rod form. Serling felt as well. So, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's true. And so, um, yeah, w- with this one um, and, and also it's very of, of the, I don't know you, you know uh, connecticut yankee and king arthur's court you know oh, like right. this, this is kind of the time travel stuff that um they did that was before it was all about the time machine you know yeah um, a lot of times you'll see a time travel story and there'll be some sort of scientific device of some sort or with serling sometimes it's a, a just a tchotchke or some whatever that's doing the thing but in this it's um it's a guy in a psychiatrist's office or a therapist, yeah. I guess, who would, would be. And for this podcast, of course, I'm typically going to make the guests do the um, <clears throat> the intro from the show. This one doesn't really have one. It has like Desi Arnaz doing it, which is totally bizarre. Yeah. Uh, it's, like I should ask, it's like I should ask you to do the plot in like a fake Cuban accent or something. Right? <laughs> that wouldn't be right. Um, <laughs> well, and then there's, there's, of course, Arnaz coming in at the end to yeah, explain yeah. it to you, which yeah. is... I think then, at the time it didn't even go over well with TV critics. You know, they critics were fans of Serling. They loved his writing. I mean, all good reviews, but I, I don't, I think they were really put off by the, the handholding that was done at the end yeah. of this to sort of explain it, which audiences now would love. And then Lucy to come in for 30 seconds and say, she's going to go get some eggs or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Actually it would be great if she did the endings instead of them. <laughs> <laughs> like lucy or 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 audio commentary that would be good like you watch it and then they play it for lucille ball and just record her reactions through the whole thing how great would oh that my. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um in i i guess with oh it's the refrigerator at the end yeah which does not play connor for real's new album that was that was unfortunate <laughs> so uh for, for any of you lonely island fans <laughs> yeah that's a that's a deep cut for Lonely Island. So I guess we're going to go for the, uh, the, the, my other podcast format. I'm just going to say, Hey, can you spit out the plot for this real quick sees? Oh yeah, sure. So um, yeah, this is about a, a, a man who's um, basically being, being uh, in, in a therapy session because uh, he thinks he's had this dream, this very vivid dream about uh, going into the past. And so he has his 1958 knowledge um, and he finds himself in 1941 uh, before the attack on Pearl Harbor. Yes. And uh, eventually gets to live the dream. So yes, he does. (laughs) You want it so bad. Here it is. Sparky. (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah. Again, the the time travel rules, like you said, they're very Mark Twain and they don't quite, Uh make any sense which uh, it, it's a metaphysical trip i guess more than yeah. a, than a science fiction trip so um i don't know what 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 are the more bizarre dreams you've had anything along these lines i've 
I've had. Some... You're, I think you're the one that's got the good ones, man. My dreams tend to be so boring. <laughs> like I was uh, telling my daughter, I was like, you know what I dreamed last night, man? I dreamed that I was trying to quote a movie uh, for, for like comedic effect based on a situation I was in in the dream. And I couldn't remember the quote correctly. That was my. <laughs> That was it's, my dream. It's too it's bad you couldn't annoying. remember it when you woke up because then it would just be something that was like completely nonsensical and weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, if I don't tell someone my exact dream or write it down by the, you know, the first hour I'm awake, it's disappeared. No, I, I've had some like pretty wide, uh, big screen, like insane dreams. Um, I, I put out an album called I Often Dream of the Apocalypse for a Reason. Um, okay. <laughs> it's all making sense now. I didn't know yeah. that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've had dreams where I'm like, you know, I'm at a park and suddenly like the, the mountains are coming down and making a tidal wave of earth and, you know, asteroids hitting and all all that sort of stuff. It's it's pretty. They're usually not nightmares. It's like, whoa, check that out. <laughs> the the closest I've gotten real life would be walking along late at night. And um, it was like a a meteor i guess coming through but it was just like a really big fireball and i i mean it like actually flashed light on some of the surface and i was like oh here here everything ends but that didn't happen so that's probably for the best shit yeah <laughs> no i have no i don't that's not uh i often don't even recall having had a dream oh the fireball was not a dream that was just me walking along late at night okay <laughs> Yeah, I just uh, and I actually thought maybe the world was about to end, or at least my little part of it. So, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you see a fireball coming out of the sky, and you know, that's where your mind goes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> this, this is how so, the dinosaurs sucked it. But, um, in this episode, I, I do have you know, I do have a certain affinity for Desi Arnaz, he's one of my birthday buddies. It's a uh, oh, is that right? Him, Dr. Seuss, Lou Reed, and Mikhail Gorbachev. No, shit. I'm um, Miyazaki. And um, Robert Duvall and uh, Diane Keaton and Marilyn Manson. Okay, the last last <laughs> one doesn't date so well now. Track so well. No, now, absolutely uh... not. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm pretty cool. I mean, I, I'm I'm cool with my list. I have mis- you know misogynists, but uh, you know, creative. yeah, like like Lou Reed apparently was not a fun person to um have any sort of anything to do with. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but he's no Marilyn Manson. I mean, I almost didn't even mention him except for I just think for color it seemed. <laughs> Dr. Seuss was a Grinch. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Is Mikhail Gorbachev still alive? I think he's no not. way. Now I'm curious. I'm there's no see. way. I did feel old like when no... we were kids. I know that's my point. He wasn't as old as you thought he was, though. <laughs> oh, okay. It was all that cabbage. Yeah, probably. I mean, he was like <laughs> when we thought he was like older, and hell, he's actually like fifty something. I think. Oh God, maybe we shouldn't find out how old he is. Now I'm checking. You might be right. He might be. No, nah, he's still but, kicking. He is. So he's he's 90. Oh God. Okay. Okay. And he's still alive. Interesting. Yeah. No. It's it's a it's crazy. Sometimes I just read um, Elvira's autobiography, and uh, it turned out she's 70. So she's been older than my mom this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I actually I'm surprised she's that young because she was the character dates from like the late 70s, right? uh 81 81 well they'd be close enough right <laughs> yeah but um pretty close yeah but yeah it's just hard to know who is um you know mandela affect themselves out of existence like the <laughs> lead character of this episode <laughs> yeah no very true I, I guess that's the point once he has the entire dream 
it, it, what butterfly effects or whatever, or I'm going to say Mandela effect is probably a, uh, a better descriptor of what happens. Oh God, here. the butterfly effect. I, hmm. That's actually, no, Mandela would be better because the whole butterfly effect thing is of, of something seemingly minor that then causes this catastrophic thing. Right. This is kind of a more major thing, I guess. And, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the Mandela effect, like, is that person, did that person die five years ago? What? They're dying now? What? Huh? Yeah. Who are yeah. the Berenstain bears? You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the one that gets everyone, isn't it? <laughs> No one is willing to accept it's the Berenstain Bears because why would it be the Berenstain Bears? That doesn't make any damn sense. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know what a Berenstain would be. What's well, their name, right? But why yeah. Yeah, the bear stain? Is that like a, a, a you know, a wild animal piss stain or what? <laughs> uh, just a very hairy fellow, I would think. Yeah, yeah. I'm a bear. <laughs> <laughs> Papa bear and baby bear. Yeah, yeah, but uh, so I I do feel like this is it, it, this is kind of like a early iteration of kind of that vibe, you know? Which yeah, no, you're totally right, and it totally is. Uh, the the main reason why I don't tend to watch this one, I think I've only seen it twice, uh, <laughs> is because um, it's it has a curiosity factor, you know, just being so early because uh. Uh, this was Serling's like first filmed, like this is the beginning of the Twilight Zone. This is seeing them kind of working the bugs out. And so it has that going for it. But in terms of a, a, a film, in terms of story, I just don't, it, it uh, it's too long and it's yeah. too flat. Yeah, 25 minutes would have probably given you a much punchier thing. Yeah. Though it, yeah, though it, and, we do get a past of um, doctors handing out cigarettes. It's kind of fun. You want a cigarette? Yeah. How often do you get that anymore? <laughs> uh, it was. It's in The Exorcist. You know, it's pretty hilarious. Why he's out in the hallway talking to Reagan's mom? He's like, <laughs> lights went up. You know, <laughs> in his white coat, still wearing. <laughs> when when he first goes to uh, 1941, they have like sing, sing, sing on the soundtrack, right? Which I yes, imagine it's already a cliche at this point, but I was like, if you made this today, it would have to be like Britney Spears toxic on the soundtrack. You know, let's not go there because <laughs> that would just make me feel incredibly old. But yeah, no, it's true. Thinking of how not far out they were at the time this would have aired. Yeah, it was just like, oh, everyone would have been going around talking about how awesome Austin Powers was, right? Yeah. But you know, also though, um, it kind of rattled some of the, the sponsors, I think, as well, because some of them had military contracts, you know. And, and so I, I think there was a I mean, it was Serling's battle for his entire career with getting to do things the way he wanted to do them because of really like fearful people uh, in the ad sphere, which if you're on TV, that's the name of the game. So you're always dealing with what they do and do not want you to do. Um, I don't think it had like a bad effect on this necessarily because. Um, it had to have been controversial. There was, there's nothing you could do. You just flat out can't tell this story if you're going to be worried about upsetting people, you know? And to your point, how close it was to the actual events. I mean, it was still fresh in people's minds. I mean, imagine someone doing something like this about 9-11 or, or, uh, or you know, uh, something like that, you know? Yeah. Or a it, school shooting. 
did it did it sell Westinghouse refrigerators though is the the main question. <laughs> Westinghouse is probably you ever heard that joke about the person opening the refrigerator and there's a rabbit inside. What's that? Is this a Westinghouse? Yes. Well, I'm just Westing. <laughs> oh, okay. That took a second. <laughs> I should kick you in the head for that one. It's a good one on the internet. <laughs> no, that's, that's a terrible joke. Terrible joke. But no, I didn't actually see this until I got uh, season one Blu-ray, and it's on there. I had only read about it in the Twilight Zone Companion. Yeah, yeah. This was my first viewing. It is. I mean, I guess it's somewhat justifiably lost to the ethers, but um. Yeah, you just don't feel. I mean, if, oh, I don't know where it would fit if you were going to put this because you wouldn't want to watch it. Eh, you'd almost need to watch this before you start season one. Yeah, well, that's going to do it right. Doing this yeah. podcast more or less. So, yeah. <laughs> it, you know, I mean, by the fact is, if, if you're watching The Twilight Zone now, there's a little bit of a, not, I'm not going to say academic, but you're, you're coming to it with a bird's eye view, you know? <laughs> oh yeah it's you can't not at this point i mean uh, there's been so many books uh written about it and so much analysis uh, done i mean and that even includes if you tear it into the bonus features of this of the uh i guess this was an image entertainment blu-ray set um there's all kinds of essays and um commentary and things like that you know then <clears throat> is it, you have the one where they have the, the radio dramas which i think are relatively recently produced um let's see i've got it right near me here the copyright date on this is 2010 okay mine might be a little later and each episode has like a radio drama version yeah. which is kind of interesting sometimes longer in the episode so um, i'm actually going to experiment that with that in a few weeks because um my guest coming in for the lonely apparently doesn't have access to this show but he does to the radio drama so we're going to see how okay, that there are 18 that one on this one and that's out of 30 some odd episodes okay they don't all have them but some of them do this yeah. one did not but i wouldn't expect it to so <laughs> yeah i'd love to listen that's some of i haven't there's so much twilight zone and so much about twilight zone you could I, you could spend your whole life yeah i think into. they're on youtube as well for interested parties you can roll down the street you know listening to a twilight zone in a mildly different form so <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty great actually yeah um have you ever had a time slip? Um, yes. Um, two times a weekend from 1993 to 1995. That was when I was a cast in the cast of Rocky Horror Picture Show. That's a time warp. <laughs> well, I was into the time slip. Yeah, yeah Nothing okay. could ever be the same. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But I, I did have this uh, experience. Maybe, maybe it was... a around the year 2000 maybe i've told you this before but uh we're in ocean city maryland right we went to get lunch i was with my father and we go in it's just it looks like popeye eats there you know <laughs> <laughs> and uh and then we get food it was good you know and, and and everything was like weirdly cheap and all that sort of stuff and you know i, I remember going to the restroom it was like that super you know the super old church sort of plumbing right <laughs> and then but it was good you know so we came back six months there let's go there again and it's like a sports bar and it looks Ooh. like not a new sports bar so we're like did we actually go and like eat in like 1920 or something <laughs> i mean maybe you did man that's my own twilight zone all, all i got out of that was a, a fried oyster lunch but that's cool <laughs> they were good <laughs> no uh, the only the only time i've been camping um i was I, I woke up because um i i thought horses were outside the tent 
and I swore there were. And uh, it was so loud that I, I, I jumped outside of the tent because I thought I was going to be trampled and there was absolutely nothing. So that's the closest I've ever gotten. That's kind of fun now. Of course, you it's weird. Yeah. 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 I know. I didn't uh, ever look into like, you know, the history of where, where we were, but uh, damn, if I wasn't certain that I was going to be trampled, you know, yeah. it's probably well, just being in a weird, can't sleep outside sort of in between state. Maybe it's weird. I like, I like hiking, but I hate camping. <laughs> well, you know what they say about camping? What do they say it's about camping? Tents. <laughs> <laughs> not when you're a boy scout <laughs> i hope it's not when you're a boy scout i guess there's stories to, to i did not mean for as well. things to go to where they've now gone i was just, I, no when you said that i was about to say like 80 percent of my camping experiences with the boy scout so I'm like whoa that that did that didn't interact well okay so this wasn't my fault <laughs> but um we got two main characters here our, our time traveler is jensen who is He's, he's like 50s prick. We were talking about where is everybody? Where the guy's relatively affable, like you kind of want to yeah. spend time this with This guy him. is not. He's the curmudgeon that's then, you know, very familiar to Twilight Zone fans. Yeah, we do get plenty of curmudgeons, but yeah, that might be one problem here. It's, you can't really identify with him. And then the psychologist or psychiatrist, I always get those two mixed up in which one I should call him, but uh <laughs> He's yeah. mostly just there, and yeah, you're like, I think I recognize him, but he's a character actor, so I can't remember where. That's why. I yeah, I want to say earlier. he's been in more uh, episodes. And the young guy, um, you know, he meets uh, the the guy who's uh, you know the, the guy and the girl uh, in the in the bar. Uh, the, the guy, that guy's from The Tingler. It's one of like my one of my favorite movies from that era. Maybe that's what the time element needed. They needed to like um, go sneak into your house and put like a, a shock element under your chair so that would have been great or just you know somebody finally just tears his spine out here's the problem <laughs> yeah that could be fun that that would have been intense <laughs> in the doctor's office in this episode that would have made a very different episode i just think if you would have stuck vincent price in it in any capacity it would have been i don't mean to down it man i mean because you are seeing uh, you know i i call a uh, where's everybody the template or whatever uh, this is this is really should be seen as sort of the precursor of the test. I feel that the time element is the test. This is you're seeing Twilight Zone being born. Like blood all over it and all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pooping themselves, yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> but um, and and then Jensen, he very quickly goes into biff mode and just starts, you know, making play some bets. <laughs> He does. He does what we've seen. Yeah, you, you're, yeah, you're referencing the uh, Back to the Future, and and when we talk about bird's eye view um, uh, earlier in this, there's when you when you watch this, you'll undoubtedly think of Sports Almanac. Yes, he's got it in his head though, so I guess he's smarter and Biff. At least he's you know he just knows all these stats, which I don't see how you do. But I guess it's like I know like musical stats and stuff. And yeah, stats well, at one point Twilight they're episodes. <laughs> they're interrogating him about who's the president and stuff you know because when he's trying to say you know where he's where he's uh what what time he's from he's got to like you know he's got to think backwards and so he gets the president right but he's yeah he starts actually like pissing them off i actually like the the vice president thing because um yeah because fdr did change a few times so i was like yeah that legit would be like legitimately confusing like which who was the vice president 1941 yeah no he, he cracks like a regular person would i knew he was going to say truman because truman didn't come into like 45 right <laughs> mm. 
uh, he wasn't vice president very long, I believe. And I'm not even sure about that. So, yeah, I just wanted to be, hey, any of you guys know what a TikTok is? <laughs> that would have been fun. One of them's <laughs> like, is that like Periscope? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this is a pretty notable, I guess, iteration of the, the Cassandra complex. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally true. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Which, um, so, you know, again, we're, we're calling this one a bit of a, of a, a weird bear, but, uh, it's got yeah, some I, plus I, points. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's really kind of the ending, um, because, uh, Rod Serling had a tendency to make these really sort of like dark downbeat endings. And I think this was part of the reason why I believe that, um, between this and where is everybody there may have been like four or five scripts that they're just like no way dude i mean this is too like downbeat because you got to admit i mean the guy does bite it i mean this doesn't have a you know there's nothing resembling a fun ending here i mean in terms of payoff for watching it for an hour i mean it's grim yeah i mean there is a certain thing with some of the uh twilight zones where it's like well there it ended okay yeah it's just Um, a, a flip you know, a nice sort of gotcha moment. The the thing that eludes uh, Night Shyamalan for every movie he made after his first movie. Or what a twist! Know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you know, it's there. But I think, yeah, they they probably just. I think they went back with Serling. We're like, dude, you got to give us something not only like a little bit brighter, but something that we don't have to like spoon feed the ending to people. So you may have went like too far overboard with uh, where is everybody but this one i think in terms of the ending is like better than that one i, I think the thing with a, a good twilight zone is yeah a, a great twist is great but the rest of the episode needs to be better than that twist which this yes kind of fails that <laughs> yeah no you're you're the first time you see it um is pretty okay uh because like i said it's pretty fascinating but after that you're just like waiting and waiting and waiting and you don't have that great music to listen to you don't have the the great cinematography and you don't have that affable like you said character it's really kind of a slog getting through this for me i did rewatch it um for this episode but i think that's i don't know if i'll ever watch it again quite honestly because <laughs> if we take you know some of the hardcore classic episodes like it's a good life or something everyone knows the twist coming in it's it's a cultural touchstone now yeah i know the the reason it's a classic (laughs) is because the episode is really good (laughs) yeah no no it's um like i say i describe those as perfect television i mean it's just to me the it's it's just the best um and this doesn't i you know i I think knowing about the struggle just for this to even exist is also a good enough reason to find it interesting as well. I mean, you got to put it in context at the time. No one had seen anything like this. Right, exactly. Um, so I, I actually forgot to ask in our very first episode, but I did, and I, I said, I don't want to be like, does it hold up? Although in this case, I guess it doesn't hold up as like the actual show does. So maybe I, no, I don't that, think but... so. I mean, it's, it's archival. You know, that's, I think that's why they don't kick off the, the, it's not shown in the marathons and it's not like the, the first thing on the disc or anything, or it's included is, you know, sometimes uh, when there's a, a show that's on streaming, the pilot will be the first episode or whatever. But when people think pilot uh, for Twilight Zone, they do think of where is everybody? They don't, 
a lot of people I would be willing to bet don't even know about this thing. Yeah, I guess this is kind of like the cage in Star Trek <laughs> terms. Although yes, the cage no. is the cage has the benefit of being one of the best Star Trek episodes as well. But uh which yeah, but it's got that similar not, yeah. You get the birth pains, but yeah, that one is just fantastic. Where this one, well, there was no T. I mean, the cage could have done that because the Twilight Zone already existed, right? So yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, anyway, that's that's a fair point, actually. The the two questions I want to get out instead, though, are um, I, I you know I used to write all my my psychedelic music record reviews, right, with the tripometer. So I think I'm bringing back the tripometer for this. Um, okay. <laughs> On a, on a scale of five, uh, you can give a, a decimal point if you'd like. Uh, where does this lie on the tripometer? God, you know, I would almost say, I, I would almost give it like a solid 3.5. But that's really because of the ending. I don't think as a sum of its parts, it's more of a 2.5. Yeah, I was going to go 2.7 myself. Because okay, I, yeah. to, I, I, I offered you decimals so we could use yeah. Interesting ways. I think the most interesting bits of this are like the first and last 10 minutes. And uh, the other question, I'm not sure if this question is going to stick or not. Um, Does this person deserve their trip into the twilight zone? This guy is such a prick. Sure. Why not? I guess would be my take, but (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I mean, you don't, I don't think you have to like the lead character. You know, I'm a fan of anti-heroes, not like edgelord type anti-heroes, but you know what I mean though? I don't think it has to be a likable character in order for you to like want to see them come out of it. Okay. So he's, he's not like an incredible, he hasn't committed any sort of other than the cheating, you know, infractions that would be like, yeah, he kind of does have to die. You know what I mean? So no, I don't think so. I think, I think, uh, I think, does he deserve to go into the Twilight Zone? I don't like seeing him there, so maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess, and the other thought is, uh, who exactly was in the Twilight Zone? You could make the argument it's the, uh, his therapist as well. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's no, the one that's that survives a, the episode, right? That's probably, that's why I see the last 10 minutes and the first is the most interesting because of the way this ends to where, you know, him, him dying, the lead character dying, you then have the therapist sort of like look up and the guy's not even there. And then he goes in to the, uh, to the bar and sees the guy's picture there. And they're like, Oh, you know, he died or whatever. And so you get your up oh, gotcha moment. That's a classic ish twilight zone trope there. But um, I would argue that, yeah, it's a dream of a dream. I just kept thinking of a Jack Nicholson's, you know, 4th of July picture in the shining. Right. <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, that's yeah. a perfect example. I, uh, yeah, I, I, when I watched it, that was what I, that's how I felt it happened. I think it was, this was something that, uh, this was a, an invention of, of the therapist. But yeah, I, if you are coming along on our trip, and this is going to be like the, the bonus episode that accompanies the first one, as makes sense, I think. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, but it, it's definitely interesting just to chart how this thing became a thing. So, in yeah. that way, it is essential viewing, but prob- probably once is fine because there are uh, actual episodes of the show that do the same thing a whole lot better. Yeah, yeah. And I'm uh, when we get to those later seasons where they are doing the hour long ones, they're not the ones I tend. I mean, I I can tune I tune those out sort of sometimes when I'm doing the whole run, you know, mm. uh, those aren't among my I'd be hard pressed to tell you now which one I think is the best. Right. I, I have an answer, but I guess I'll just hold, sit on that for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, but I haven't seen those as much either. So, um, yeah, no, they're again not played in the marathons usually. So, yeah. Uh, as for today, I guess tell them where you're at. I'm not in the twilight zone. I'm here in the United sure? States. Yeah, I'm fairly certain because I would I would hope that the desserts would be better in the twilight zone. Mm. Um, Gonzorific, G-O-N-Z-O-R-I-F-F-I-C. This is my friends and I. We have a show coming up November 12th and 13th at Athens Cine Theater. It's our 20th anniversary show. Going to be showing a bunch of short subjects that perhaps Twilight Zone fans will enjoy. And then for those who can't make it to that area, we are going to stream it on uh, YouTube, Gonzorific YouTube channel on November the 14th. All right. This is Time Enough Podcast. Um, we are part of the, the Podcastio Podcastius Patreon bubble. We also talk about sci-fi movies with Matt Lutz, Sci-Fi Sanctuary, ephemeral weirdness on our hygiene, and for folks that want to hear about Pokemon or Monster Hunter, those sort of podcasts also exist in that sphere. Come throw a dime. You know, we keep keep the lights on in there. It's cool. We want to get through this whole Twilight Zone, right? <laughs> <laughs> You've got to. You can't start this stuff and then not make it all the way through. I mean, that's right. just wrong. Um, oh, yes. And my, my last question. Is, is this a better love story than Twilight? Yeah. But then again, the back of the weed killer bottle near me is a better love story than Twilight. Twilight.